Have you ever um, watched a television series and you, and you watch the present ones and you get to the end of the series and it's about usually most series on TV end in May or so or April or whatever and then, and then through the summer, if you want to watch your same series, you have to watch what? Reruns, right? But when you watch reruns, um, all of a sudden you'll watch one that was like at the beginning of the season and uh, as you watch that rerun, you think, well, I don't remember that. I don't remember that in the, in the show. Man, I'm glad I saw that again because I didn't catch it all, right? So um, this year and, and actually starting last November or so, we just started a number of different series or we've taught a number of different series. And, um, and so it's summertime and so we're going we're gonna to start at the beginning of this summer, what I've entitled Summer Reruns. <laughs> right? Summer Reruns. And um, the Apostle Paul made this statement. He said, if any man thinks he knows anything, let him think he knows nothing as he ought to know it. There's things that we think we know. When I taught different series over the last few months, there's things that you heard in each of those series. Some of them were th three Sundays, some of them were four, some of them five. And, and you think you heard some things. Well, what I've done is I've taken, and, I, and I'm not doing it in order like from November to, to now, just randomly gonna, on, on each Sunday going to take the information um, from the whole series and sum it all up into one message. So you're going to get pieces of every message ministered today in one message. So the sum total of all of them will be today in summer reruns. Can you say amen? So I taught, a, I taught back in February a series entitled In Him. In Him. And um, in this series, you know, the Bible is real clear about us learning to be in Him. And I wrote down several things that I thought about being in. Um, you can be in the fog. Or in heavy rain. Anybody ever driven your car in heavy rain to the point you can't even see the next car in front of you? Right? So what do you do? You end up pulling over. You know, you're not able to see clearly when you're in the fog or in the rain. Um, you ever been in a crowd of people that you didn't want to be in? Like uh, you might be at the mall and all of a sudden it's a Saturday and you're talking to somebody on the phone and you say, man, this crowd down here, it's nuts. You're not going to get out of here. Or you might be at the Christmas tree lighting in Rockefeller Center and you're in a crowd and you want to be there. Oh, man, I love it. Love the crowd. Right? So there's, there's things that you and I are in. If you've ever been in the moment in something. I'm a golfer, so I played a lot of competitive golf through the years and and there were times that I was in the moment in golf. I was 
on a certain hole leading a golf tournament and needed to make a specific putt, and I made the putt, and I was in the moment. Um, my wife and I love to walk on the beach, places that we've gone we, we love to walk on the beach, and especially like when the sun's going down and you're on the beach and holding hands and you're walking, you know, you're in the moment. There's something about being in the moment, right? Then there's times when you're in debt. That's not being in the moment. Huh? Um, you might be in pain. That's not being in the moment. There's a lot of things that we're in or involved in that don't better us or make us in who we are and who we were intended to be. God instructed us more times than you think. The Bible talks about being in Him. And today I've created a little visual up here of two containers, one that's large and it's got water and it's pretty clear, and then another nasty looking container. It's got water in it also, but it's got all kinds of things floating in it. And uh, I happened to bring me a few golf balls. And... um, There's something about being in the world, and this golf ball represents you and I, and in the world we find ourselves kind of bouncing from one thing to another. We can have a lot of things going on and all of a sudden, you know, we just get lost somewhere. And... uh, As we're going along, thank you. That's a faithful guy to grab those balls. So we're going along in life, and we don't really like what we're doing. Maybe be in a job we don't like, relationships we don't like. And uh, we find ourselves in something. And it's kind of cloudy and stuff floating around in our relationships and stuff in life. And it's kind of cramped in there, you know, not able to move around very well and just kind of feel like you're in prison and in bondage. And um, I've found that when I'm living in the world, I can be born again, but yet I'm, but my life is controlled by the things of the world. And I find that I have great limitations when I find myself in the world's way of thinking and not in God's way of thinking. There's two ways of thinking. There's the world's and there's God's. And what we've found, what we've taught through the years, is being in Him is liberating. Being outside of Him is bondage. And when I originally taught this series, I read a verse of Scripture out of Ephesians 1, verse 11, in the, ampl- er, in, the, in the Message Bible, that I thought was pretty interesting. If you'd put that up, yeah, there it is. Um, Ephesians 1 and 11. 
It's, everybody say the next two words with me. In Christ. So it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Verse 12 says, part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. Go back to 11. He had designs on us for glorious living. And then 12. Part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and in everyone. Back to verse 11. So, being in the world and clouded and cramped and your style being cramped is one thing, but being in Him, there's a lot of room. You're not cramped. You can see clearly. There's life in Him. And in Him is where you find out who you are and what you're living for and why you're here and what your purpose and your plan is. In Colossians, a couple of three books to the right in the first chapter and the 18th verse, in the message it says, and when it comes to the church, he organizes and he holds it together, he being Christ, like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning, and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and above everybody. Verse 19. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding versus the cramped quarters. The world cramps us. Being in Christ is roomy and our proper place is found without any crowding or any stepping on each other or competing with each other or fighting with each other. The hope of the world is being in Him. See, because when I'm in Him, then I'm not fighting with you. I don't care what you do. I'm not fighting with you. I refuse. I will not battle you when I'm in Him. Now, if I'm, if I'm over here and I'm cramped and it's cloudy and there's stuff floating around in my life and I'm tired and I'm mad and I'm frustrated, you say something and I react. But when I'm over here, there's no reason to react. There's compassion and there's tenderness and there's patience and there's joy and there's all the things. And notice this next, this last verse I want to read. <laughs> and this is, 
this, this verse, is, <laughs> it covers all of us. It says, not only that, but all the broken <laughs> and dislocated pieces of the universe, which are people and things, animals and atoms, <laughs> get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. All the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, all the broken and dislocated people. <laughs> Thank God for that because I was one of those. Broken and dislocated. He said, all of them get properly fixed and fit together in harmony because of his death. So the only way that I can be in him and not in this, and the only way that I can, when I was here, was able to come out of this is me understanding about his death and understanding about the blood of Jesus and what it represented. To be in Christ, when we taught the series in February, we talked about being in Him, and being in Him is that safe and that secure place that we begin to understand why we were here. That's what Ephesians 1 said. In Him, we find out why we're here and what our purpose and what our plan is, being in Christ. Now, to understand that, there's a couple of things that I want to look at. I want to start in Genesis 1.1. And then we're going to just read through the whole Bible today. No. Um, <clears throat> Genesis 1.1. And um, in... We see something here that we don't have a lot of time today to, to discuss it, but we went through it. You can always go to gatesofthecity.org, pull up any of the messages we've preached. They're all free. You can download them or just listen to them, whatever. And, uh, and they're, on, they're on the website on the podcast. So you go back and listen to this whole series because I'm just kind of putting these things together. But he said, but, but, but there's something that here, we don't, like I said, we don't have a lot of time to get into it, but there's something that has to be understood here. And um, in, the, in the beginning was God, but we know that God is three parts. He's the Father, and He's the Son, and He's the Holy Spirit. Only by faith, my natural mind cannot fathom that or try to figure that out. Only by faith do I trust it because it says it. But there's something about the Son that is different than the Father and the Spirit. And number one, the Son has three names. He has three different names. Um, and in the beginning, it says, God created the heavens and the earth, verse 1. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, so in verse 1 we see, in the beginning, God, who is the Father, you realize in heaven there's no, 
battling for who's first. The son is not saying, well, bless God, I want the father's position. You know, this just ticks me off. I don't like this. Holy Spirit's not saying, you know, he's not in a battle for position. God the Father is first place. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness is on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There we see the second part of the, of the triune being of God. Then in verse 3 it says, Then God the Father said. Everybody say said. Okay? He said this. Let there be light. And there was what? Light. So there we see the third part of God, the Word. So before He was the Son, He was the Word. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, God saw the light, that it was good. God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day, and on and on and on. But there we see the first thing that God the Father said was, let there be light. And, and there was the expression of God in the form of words. Now, we confirm that in the New Testament in John 1. John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Word, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, the Word, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him, everybody say, in Him talking today about being in him in him was life and the life in him was life and the life that he is was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it and verse 14 the first part of verse 14 says this and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. So, the Word was in the beginning. The Word was with God. The Word is God. So, the Word is the third part of God. The, it, it's, it's another expression of God. He, the Word, is another expression of God. And when God said, light be, light was. Everything was created by what God said. Everything. So if everything was created by what God said out of his mouth, and he was the word, then that word became flesh. And the word became the only begotten son who God gave for the world so that the world could know who they are and why they're here and what their purpose and plan is. So they don't have to live 
on this earth, everybody, if you're in a physical body, you're living on the earth and you're living in a system of some form of government or another. Either you're obeying the laws of the land or you're living your own world. And in here are cramped quarters, difficult times, and difficult to understand and to navigate life because there's no light. The light was the light of men. The light was the result of what was spoken. And Jesus, the living word, he was spoken. He was in the beginning. He became flesh. Now he lives on the inside of us if we embrace that revelation. And if he lives inside of me, that light is what illuminates and gives me the ability to understand why I'm here and what's my purpose and how to accomplish it. Amen? I mean, just in a real simple way. That's what being in him and learning to develop a life in him produces. I had a, I had a friend of mine. Uh, actually, it's a f- family friend of mine um, who doesn't totally believe exactly what I believe, you know, in, in here. They're not born again, and they don't believe everything about it. And so one day she came to me and she said, so, so what's the difference in what you believe and what I think? And I said, I don't know, because I don't know what you think. And she said, well, I just don't totally agree with what you think. And I said, how could you? You don't even know what I think. You just think you know what I think, you know? There's no way for you. Okay, so we don't agree, whatever, what the heck, you know? And she said, so how am, I, how am I supposed to think the way you think? said, the only way, the only way, the only way in anything in life that your thinking will change is to hear new information, right? I mean, if you work at a specific job, you're tired of it, you quit, you're going to go hire on to a new, a, a new job. The same rules that worked at the job you were at before aren't going to work at the next one. So now you've got to get new information about what, they, what is expected and required. That's the way it is. If, if we're going to believe the Bible and we're going to live our lives in Him, we have to have enough information coming in so that we can make a sound decision. See, and... and so this family member said to me, so what you need to do is brainwash me. And I said, okay, tell me what brainwashing is. And she, she looked at me and she said, well, you know, where somebody tries to control someone else. No, 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 no. No, every time you hear new information, it washes your brain in one form or another. And what it does is if you get information that you like and there's something else that you thought that you don't like and that, wa- that washes your brain so that your brain now begins to think in this direction. And I said, with anything. If you, I told her, I said, if you came and you sat in my services for one year every Sunday, no expectation, not me saying a thing about anything else, me not calling you and trying to get you, do you hear what I said? Are you going to believe what I believe? I said, if you came every week for one year and you sat and listened to what I said, I said, your, your brain would be washed somewhat by the information that you're hearing because you're not hearing that information. 
But I said, one thing you would believe after that one year is you would understand what I believe. <laughs> and she said, I like that. She said, uh, you may see me. I hadn't seen her yet, but, you know. <laughs> she said, you might see me sometime. I said, good. Then, then you'll know what I believe. I'm not trying to force what I believe on you. I just told her, I said, you'll understand what I believe. She said, that's true. I said, then you can make up your mind whether you want to believe what I believe. That's what it means to be in something. It's the way we think. The world's, the, the, to, to be in the world is to think like the world. To be in Christ is to think like Him. And that, that's all we do. That's all, that's all in Him is, that I, 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 my life is in Him when I understand how he thinks and how he operates. And that's where I want to, I've made a choice after 38 years of this life, I've made the choice that I want to be in him. I don't, I don't want to be, I, I, was, I was here to me, I was here and it was cloudy and there was all kinds of things floating around and I was cramped and I was mad and I was angry and I was unforgiving and I had all kinds of crap in my life. And I was tired of that and over a long process of time, I, I, I came here. And it doesn't mean that everything's perfect and everything's clear and you never have another bad day in your life and all those kind of, that, that's a bunch of credola. But, but this is the way he is. See, this is the way he is. I want to be in him. See, every day I want to, I want to be more like him, right? There are a lot of guys that want to be like Mike. And that's cool. But I want to be like him. Right? I want to wear his shoes. I want to wear his jersey. I want to be like him. Amen? Gosh, I want to be like him. Every day. So, that being said, just a couple more passages and I'm done. First John, not John, but the little John's in the back. The first John of the little John's. Think of Robin Hood everything, every time I say Little John's. <laughs> um, 1 John 1 and verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him, and we declare to you that God is light, and in him... In him is none of this. In him. I didn't, say, I didn't say in me, trying to be like him, no. I, I want to be more in him because every time I go in here, I get washed of more of this. See, there's, no, there's none of this in him. Verse 6, well, verse 7. If we walk in the light... As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. There's this constant cleansing when what he did becomes a revelation to me. And, and so then what he did works for me. 
It, it, it's, I'm, not, I'm not dealing in life in my own ability. I'm dealing in life with what he's empowering me to be able to do and overcome and, and get to the end of. Everybody sitting in here today has giants and enemies that they face. And when we get in him, we're, we're able to face those things and not turn tail and run from them. Because if we don't learn to face it in the power of God in us, I have to do it. God's not going to float out of heaven and fix all my situations. Because he's not the fixer. He's the helper. Right? Everybody say, I need help. Okay, so everybody's in the same boat, same ship. We all need help, right? I don't care who you are, what you're going through in life, everybody needs help, and he's the helper. He's not the doer. He's the helper. If he was the doer to fix everything, then he'd enable you to get away with all kinds of stuff. But he'll take you where you're at, and he'll empower you to be the doer and him the helper. And the deal with him being the helper, he's got all the answers. Why would I want to deal with the tests of life without the answer book open? He's got all the answers. So I can face my issues in life in him, and as I face those issues, there's a constant cleansing of me coming out of the darkness and into the light because in him there is no darkness. So what I'm, what I'm becoming every day of my life, the rest of my years on this planet, I'm becoming more like him. And as I do that, it's less darkness and more light. Less darkness and more light. There's a verse of scripture that says... <clears throat> And everybody has darkness within their soul, within their thinking. Not, 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 you're born again, there's a liberty from darkness. But still we have darkness in our thinking, in our mind, will, and emotions. And there's a scripture that says that if the, if the darkness, if the light that is in you is darkened, the question is how deep is the darkness, meaning in your conscience? Well, if you can answer that, you know what, I've got darkness here, I've got issues here that need to be worked out, when you're honest with that, you're able to get free. See? So I can face anything that is not right and overcome by the power of being in Him. Amen. <clears throat> Back to the big John. <clears throat> Chapter 15 and verse 5. And it says this. <clears throat> Jesus says this. I'm the vine. You're the branch. Right? So we're connected to the same tree. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He who abides in me or in him. And then he, Jesus, in us, you'll bear much fruit. For notice what he says at the end. For without me, you can't do a thing. And after 38 years of walking with him, I can tell you today, <laughs> here's the path. And I don't even want to be, I don't even want my big toe over here without him. 
Every time a foot gets over here, there's all kinds of things that don't work. And yet, we know in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. Right? In Him, I can do all things. Without Him, He said, we can't do a thing. Amen? And in chapter 3, And verse 15, and I'll end with this. One day when my my dad was here, he was sitting on the front row there, and I was turning from section, from chapter to chapter in my Bible. He was watching me turn, and it was taking a little time, and so after the service is over, we were back in my office, and he goes, you know, you ought to get those tabs for your Bible. <laughs> I thought, I should. <clears throat> so, but I use my iPad sometimes to preach in, or I use my phone. So, you know, this is new school, and I stay with some old school in some paper versions, Right? So I think one day I'm going to do what my dad said and get some tabs. <laughs> and then I'll be able to turn right to them. Chapter 3 and verse 15. <clears throat> that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And to be in him is to be born again, You follow the truth of the word and what the Bible says. To be in him is to be born again and to realize that your future has already been prepared. Now, I don't have time to get in this today. It was in our series when we taught it, but I'm just going to remind you of this. The Bible says that I don't understand this. My mind can't comprehend this. There's no way for me to understand this. There's no way for you to understand it. Trying to understand it, you'd waste your time. But the Bible says three different times that before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for us. So before the world even was, before I was even thought about, he had a plan for my life. Before. So, I, I use a story that, <clears throat> in, as I was growing up, my, my, my father was a, was a golf professional, and so, from the time I can remember, I've hit a little white ball around. Those little white balls I hit around. And <clears throat> I did everything with a white ball. Every, all of life was about that little white ball. I, I took... My, if you don't you know anything about golf, but I, 
before Tiger Woods was even born, I was flipping a ball on the end of my wedge, and I did it behind my back and with one leg. And, and, and I, <clears throat> one time, buddies of mine, we, we were all standing out in front of my dad's course, and we were popping that ball. Bam, 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 bam. And we, and we said, okay, let's, let's count and see who can do it the most. So I got up somewhere around 1,500 bounces on the end of my wedge, and my eyes started watering. <laughs> and I was watching that thing, and, I, and I'm going, come on. And, and I don't know, I, 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 it dropped. I could have gone on forever, but my eyes started watering watching the thing. You know, so everything I did was centered around this white ball my whole life. But there was something inside right here. There's a big old hole, big old huge hole right here. So I tried to get it in drugs, I tried it in alcohol, I tried it in relationships and this and that. And at a real young and early age, I tried it. But there was just, it wouldn't fill the gap inside of me. There's a big hole right in the middle of me. And as time went on, um, I came into contact with somebody that understood something about God. And long story short, I got born again, and what happened was that void was filled. I knew it. The moment it happened to me, I was born a second time, and something happened in me. And, and as a result of that, I all of a sudden realized, and, and I can't tell you the day it came to me, but I knew it the moment I got born again, golf was not my life. Now, I tried to make it my life. I tried to stay with it, you know, and the more I played, the worse I got. And, and, and it got to a place. Um, my brother came into town one day, and he said, uh, hey, I've got to be in Houston. I'm going to play a golf tournament. Can I borrow your clubs? Sure. So he takes my club, and he goes to Houston, and he puts him in his trunk as he's leaving his hotel to come back to Curve or wherever I was. I don't know where I was. And... Uh, uh, and somebody stole them out of his trunk. See, I, see, I wasn't listening. And the more I tried to play golf, the worse it got. And so then my clubs were stolen. <laughs> so uh, I bought another set. <laughs> but, but, you know, o over time, I, I realized, but, but I already knew it. See, it was already in me. I was just afraid. It was, I was so identified with golf and not identified with Christ but I was learning to be identified with Christ, and I was so afraid of giving this up because if I'm not playing golf, who am I? But what I realized was, and I said this time and time and time again, I said this out of my mouth. I said, you know what? I don't know what I'll do in life, but I will never pastor. So never say never. Don't ever say never. I'll never do that. But it was his plan. See? But I'm pastoring today not because I have to. See? And I'm not in the golf world today, even though I play golf, I'm not in the golf world today because I can't be. I chose not to be. But it took time. Because he had to work in me what he already had planned for me before the world even began. See, to me, that's the excitement of this world of God. 
See, it's, it's not a boring thing to live and to learn to be in him. It's a, it, it's a challenge every day. It's a challenge to trust, to hear, to obey the things that you hear. And it takes time to develop your ability to not just hear with these ears, but to hear with your spiritual ears. It takes time. And it takes the word. And it takes the entrance of his word to bring light and life on a day-to-day basis. Where it's, yeah, it's washing your brain. The word is. It washes your brain. But it washes your brain so that you can make a choice. And if you don't ever hear anything different, how are you going to ever have an opportunity to make a different choice? You won't. That's what, that, that's, that's what being in him is all about. So the sum of my four messages in February I brought together today in this message in him as the first summer rerun of the 2016 summertime. Amen? So Father, today, we're so grateful for your presence. We're so grateful for who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, we're so blessed and privileged to live in a time when we can have revelation. It doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. The world that we frame with your words in our life, the world we frame for ourselves, is is a world of liberty and freedom no matter what else is going on so that we can help others and be a blessing to other people. So today, Lord, I thank you for the revelation of this message to go deep in the hearts of people, to challenge them, and give them more insight and more understanding and more revelation than what they've ever had. Today, we bless you, we honor you, and we give you all the praise. And everybody said, Amen. And amen.